to Wasabi, a music podcast, uh, shit crack, good music, uh, and everything in between. Hope you're doing all right. It's the it's the weekend here for me. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, so, yeah, that's just we've got six tunes and a bit of bit of chit chat. Uh, so let's just crack on. So, um, track one. I'll give it a bit of context. This one. So, back in the day when I was still a teenager, going to uh, going to school and that. Uh, when we were in A levels, like you know, when you're like 17, 18, you do your A levels, and at the school I was at, you uh, there was a common room, so it was only only the sixteen, only the 17, 16, 17, 18 year olds could go in there, so all the younger kids could fuck off, right? So it was just a common room for the older kids. And there was like um, a CD player in there. And, you know, this is before, not many people had iPods at this top point. Not many, there was no such thing as Spotify or any streaming uh, apps or websites or anything like that. So if you wanted to listen to music, you had to have CDs. So um, instead of people making playlists or, you know, there was playlists and now, I suppose, on Spotify and things like that, Apple. And before that was mixtapes, wasn't it? Like tapes and that. So I was in between with the old CDs. So I'd buy like loads of blank CDs and make like a playlist of songs. And it even fucking, it's so, it's kind of sad, but you'd even show up to like house parties with my with my little party playlists. Party, I used to call them party blanks because it was a blank, blank CD that had sort of uh, put music on for a party. So party blanks. So I used to make these, right, take them to parties so I could, like, play the music I wanted. Um, uh, and pl- often played them in the common room as well, because a lot of other people didn't care about listening to music in the common room. But I was like, right, I want to put some music on. So I remember I put this song on, one of the playlists, and they were like, you know, a tiny band, no one's heard of them. And I remember thinking while I was playing it in the common room, <laughs> like... No one in the whole school, no one in this common room has heard this song except me. <laughs> and thinking that was really cool. And the thing is, like, if I play this now, it's like I'm now in East Asia. It's probably, you know, it could, it could go further. It'd be like no one in East Asia has heard this song. So this is Need New Body, and the song is called Show Me Your Heart. <laughs>
Need new body. Need new body. Show me your heart. Fucking awesome. Wicked. Okay, so I, I, something came up in the news the other day, and it got me thinking. Um, basically, it was a, it was like a Korean news story about um, this Korean couple who are uh, actors, right? And it was like a bit of gossip about their private life, uh, and it, it was basically saying that there's a lot of jealousy in in the in the uh, in the relationship to the point where the woman would check the guy's TV scripts for for shows that he was about to act on, and she'd try and get him to change change any scenes where there was like romance or physical contact because she she got you know, it was like obviously uncomfortable with it or jealous and things like that. And it got me thinking about the old, the whole idea or concept of celebrity marriages, especially ones where they're both actors or performers. Uh, because there's the age old thing that, you know, celebrity mar marriages never work and so few of them actually sort of, you know, stay together for. Uh, for a long time and they always break up quite early but it's it doesn't surprise me at the same time because with with, with that story I mentioned in mind like imagine you're really famous and you're married to someone else really famous and both of your jobs is to be on on tv or act so uh, many times throughout the year or throughout your life, you've got to you've got to like have a a fake relationship with someone. And there's no no other no other job or no other lifestyle that where that's normal. Do you know what I mean? So if you're if you're constantly, especially like a sex scene as well. Imagine you're married to someone who's also an actress, or it doesn't even matter if they are or not. But then you've got to do a sex scene where you're like proper fucking getting on with someone on camera and you've got to make it look believable. Imagine you've got to be made of pretty strong stuff to be the other person and be like, I'm okay with that. doesn't bother me. Just imagine like what they say at home. Imagine if they watch the movie like, you look like you're enjoying that too much. Like, of course these marriages don't last. It's like... Not enough is not enough is studied into this about the psychology behind it. I don't think. And uh, the famous comedian Bill Burr had like a a good bit where he would talk about famous men how often famous men are always cheating on their wives and stuff, but it's because they're not used to people throwing themselves at them. Like you think like an attractive woman has to deal with like batting off men trying to have sex with her all the time. But guys, even if you're hot, you don't really have to deal with that very much, I would imagine. Uh, but as soon as you're famous, there's people trying to have sex with you all the time. So if someone literally throws themselves to you, men, men aren't built to fucking deal with that. So, you know, that, that was his point. And, you know, there's not, not, not enough to help, <laughs> help these guys to overcome it. That was what his point was. But I... I to sort of dissect that or go off from that. Any celebrity marriages, it's like, how can you deal with watching someone week in, week out or whatever, seeing them on, on TV 
necking off of a blo- other blokes or like starting romances with other blokes and you know you've got to be working with this person for three months at a time and you may not see them in, within that time and uh, it's just it's just something that I got, got me thinking like of course these marriages don't work like if you're constantly having to make sort of three month relationships with other people like the intimacy is going to be so fucked up and like you've got to be you've got to be I mean, I know a lot of them will go, oh, we're mature enough to see past that, it's only acting, but deep down, come on, you're watching you're watching your fella or your missus fucking getting off and starting a, a budding romance on, on screen with someone else. You ain't going to feel good about that. You ain't going to be going, oh, good job, you did a really good job there. Anyway, uh, just, just, a, just something I've noticed, you know, maybe you don't care, I wouldn't... I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. Anyway, let's go to song number two. This is Shinichiro Yakota. Shinichiro Yakota. And the song is called Quiet Town of Tokyo.
Quiet Town of Tokyo by Shinichiro Yakota. Nice. Just an, you know, inoffensive, nice, groovy, walking along, maybe nodding your head a little bit. Just one of those sort of songs, isn't it? It's nice. Uh, anyway, I've been, I've been sort of, um, not so much planning, but uh, I'm hoping to come back to England uh, in the not so distant future, just for like a, a long, a long holiday. Um, I did it last year, but it was as soon as I came back, uh, the pandemic went out of control. So I spent a good, good few months just stuck inside, so I couldn't really do anything. So it was a kind of a, I mean, it was nice in in ways, but I didn't do an awful lot because you, you couldn't. You were just locked down, quarantined or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping to come back again later. Uh, and it's got me thinking about um, gap year syndrome. So obviously, I think I mentioned this before, but you know, there's those people that go on, go traveling for a year or go to some uh, very uh, exciting places that, you know, you wouldn't dream of going or whatever, you know, uh, South America, Southeast Asia, Africa, and they come back and they're like, yeah, I found myself, <laughs> you know, or they just have this, I've now got a really open mind and you know, they talk all hippy drippy or whatever and speak really cultured or whatever. Uh, and I know for a fact when I come back and I did it, I even did it last year. I know for a fact I'm going to be doing the same thing. And I'm so embarrassed that I'll do that. But it's just, I don't know, there's an inevitability to it where you just can't be humble about like, yeah, it was all right. It would be, it's just like, you've got to, there's like this, there's, there's like this, there's like every fiber in your being is holding it back, but you, you can't stop it. You just have to, you just have to show off a little bit about, you know, what you've seen and what you've done. <laughs> And even last year, like before the lockdown, I went to like a Korean restaurant and I was trying to speak Korean, got a bit drunk and I was speaking to Korean to the waitress. And she just was so unimpressed at like this fucking dickhead trying to be, trying to show off in front of his mates. Uh, but yeah, it's just, just things like that. Or uh, even like doing a little bow. Like some of it you, you forget. I was doing like a bow and you see something like, oh, sorry, you know, I, uh, that's what I do in Korea, so you know, old habits, that sort of thing, or asking for chopsticks instead of a knife and fork, just little lame things like that, just like real, like oh yeah, you know, I live the other side of the world, and just trying to, didn't you know? <laughs> so yeah, gonna be definitely doing the old gap year syndrome, sort of uh, humble brags of just. Little, little like mannerisms of like, you know, that's different about you. It's like, oh, well, I have lived in Korea for two years. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, gap year syndrome, fucking lame, but we can't help ourselves, can we? Uh, all right, song number three, Doc Danica, Halo. This song is called Halo by Doc Danica.
Doc Danica Halo. That's I would I would put that in the uh, in the category of come down music. Like uh, now I haven't haven't felt like this for a long time. I don't do that sort of shit anymore. But I remember there was a very specific type of song you want when you're sort of on the come down, where it still needs to be like electronic, have a beat, but it also needs to be really mellow and even a little bit depressing to sort of match your mood. Cause there's still a little buzz inside of you, you know, but you also you you drop in and you need you, you can't have something too fucking wacky, like what you wanted when you were on the up. It needs to be sort of coming down a bit, but it still needs to have like that bit of buzz. So it still needs to be sort of like dancey a little bit, or like have a have a beat, um, but it needs to be quite mellow at the same time. And I think that song is one of those. Um, another one would be. Uh, Make Love by Daft Punk. That's a good come down song. Uh, I can't think of any of us at the moment, but yeah. Anyway, on the I was talking about coming back to England earlier, and I'll I'll be honest. I've seen because of the pandemic, things are starting to open up a bit there now. People are getting their lives back, and I am missing it a little bit. You know, like I think if I came back like tomorrow, I'd I'd be happy. I'd be like, all right, I've done my two three weeks. Send me. I'm ready to leave again. But I am missing the, the stupid little things about England. The dumb things, you know, like beer gardens. Like, obviously the weather in England is never that good. But when it is quite good, uh, you know, you, you get it on a good day. It's Everything's got to fall into place. But it's got to be a good day and you've got to be with a bunch of people. But nothing beats a British and English beer garden. Like, it can. that's like heaven on earth when... Sort of maybe like a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon or a bank holiday, that it's that is perfect. And you start, you know, you start having a bit of banter with the table next to you, and daft shits going on, or a fucking dog kicks off, and you know everyone's watching and things like that. It's just the beer garden is a sacred place. But like I say, it's they're not always great because the weather's often rainy or shit. It's just that like very very specific time of the year where the beer gardens are fucking rocking uh and then it, just other dumb things like I, I got i know someone in england who <laughs> he has this thing where he says oh, he won't he won't watch a movie unless he's seen it before which is like a paradox in itself but i, I just that you don't meet people like that in any other part of the world. Someone that goes, oh, I don't watch new movies. I only, I only watch movies I've seen before. I just, just everything about that is just amazing to me. It's fucking great. But yeah, um, coming back to UK, I mean, I mean, I don't know when it, I don't know when it'll happen, but uh, it would be nice just to do the dumb shit and have a laugh. Uh, and so, certain things that you just go, oh, you know, I haven't done that in a long time because I live in a different part of the world. Anyway, uh, oh, so going against my usual here, playing a very, very big artist. Uh, but I remember it was a geezer who used to DJ a lot in a in a bar he used to work in, and I never really liked the guy. He was he was quite. He was quite handsome. That's not why I disliked him, but he, he just had this smugness about him that he kind of knew that he was a bit of a catch. Uh, and he, he kind of, yeah, he just, 
I, there was just something about him where he just he kind of thought he was the dog's bollocks, and he wasn't really. You know, he was quite he was quite good looking and he had some interesting hobbies, I think. Uh, but he was just a bit of a tit. And he kind of was a bit too expectant of the bar staff, which wound me up. But uh, what I will give him is he played this song and I, I really liked it and I've been listening to it ever, ever since. Uh, so this is Erica Badu, who's obviously, you know, huge. Erica Badu and the song is called Soldier.
Erica Badu, soldier. It's fucking banger that is, man. Just well good. Fucking all the emotion in it. Love it. Uh, all right, it's uh, it's movie review. It's the mo- it's it's the movie review. Which again, I've broken a rule here. Well, it's not a rule. I, I try and I try and sort of set groundwork for what I will review and what I will play on here. And sometimes I have to break the rules because what I usually do is you know play something that I think. People will. I'll, I'll review something I think people will want to watch, or that I've not seen, but is also not like a big fucking blockbuster movie. You know, not this huge film, or not 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 even like a really famous cult film. You know, no one wants to hear me like review Star Wars or Goodfellas, do they? Like everyone's already fucking seen it. Or here's my review of Pulp Fiction. Like everyone's fucking seen that. What what I hope to do on this is to go. Oh, this is an interesting film. Or this isn't a very good film, and you go, oh right, I never heard of that. Maybe I'll check it out. Or oh right, uh, maybe I won't. You know, I want to give some sort of influence if you like movies, but I haven't really done that this time. I did have a movie in mind to watch, but I'm almost ninety nine percent sure it's super super depressing, and I've had quite a busy week um, as well as work doing other things, so I didn't get round to watching it because you know. Who wants to watch a super fucking depressing movie at 1am just before bed when you've got like work the next day? But I have watched two movies, so I'm going to do a double bubble. I'm going to do a double bubble review here. Two movies. One of them's huge, and one of them is quite well known because it's got a big cult following. So I'll do the huge one. I watched The Invisible Man, that new horror movie that came out last year. And I was pleasantly surprised because it was much better than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be shit. But I like Elizabeth Moss. I think she's a good actress. Uh, so I wanted to give it a go. And I'd heard a few reviews that it's it's better than you think sort of reviews. So I was like, I still thought it was going to be shit. Because, the you know, just the marketing campaign didn't set it up to be a very good film. I, I like horror, but I don't like the really cliched, like sinister or insidious sort of horrors. I just think they're not very good. Uh, and I thought it was going to be the same sort of uh, film as that, but it was it was it was actually pretty good. It, it went it went ways I didn't expect it to. Although there were part, I mean, if you if I'm going to be really critical, um, I thought the logistics of what they were trying to do was quite unrealistic at times. Because it, it I, I won't ruin it. I won't give any spoilers. But it it goes down one route sort of halfway through when it could have gone down another route and the route it went down I was like okay well now you've got to be really really specific or on it with all the logistics to make it not seem unrealistic Uh, and I don't think they did that too well but Elizabeth Moss is really good in it she's just great actress Uh, so but yeah it's better than a lot of the shit horrors that do do well I think it was it was better than a lot of them um, but you know, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good movie. Like I say, I thought it was going to be pretty crap. So I, I left it, I finished it thinking, oh, it was actually all right. And on the other hand, to the next movie, I watched a film called Pusher. Now this one, I thought was going to be amazing and it was only quite good. So if, if I had to do like a rating, it's about the same rating as The Invisible Man. But 
I had higher expectations for this one and I was a little bit let down. Uh, so Pusher is the first movie by Nicholas Winding Refn, who I'm sure many of you know uh, directed Drive. He directed um, Bronson. Uh, but, you know, he's a he's a Danish director. So his first few movies are uh, it's set in Denmark. And Pusher was his first movie that he made in the mid-90s. Very low budget sort of Danish crime movie about a drug dealer uh, who's sort of... He's he's not a, he's a horrible bloke and he he's sort of always finding himself short of cash and he's got to get some cash for his supplier and it's sort of like a day in the life sort of uh, movie but there's lots good about it it's got a tiny budget and it does very very well with that tiny budget uh, it's very very gritty realistic sort of uh, acting and the way it's shot and the way it presents sort of. Uh, crime it's not it's not luxurious you know it's not like a lot of gangster movies where it shows the luxury of it it just shows the grime and the nitty gritty of of being a being a drug dealer or whatever uh but i don't know i just i can't even pinpoint why i didn't love it i just i just wanted more from it there was i was it's it's one of my favorite sort of styles of movie you know like the uh, the crime gangster movie, and especially when they do it in a way that isn't isn't cliched or isn't over the top with all the glamour, you know, like Scarface is, you know, is like the Miami clubs or wherever he is, and all the neon. I'm just not into that so much. I like like seeing the the greys and the and the dust and the sort of the nuances of being a being a, a gangster. Uh, but I just it, there was just something missing from it. The acting's good, the way it's the, the way it's directed is good. It's just I don't know. It just wasn't. There's just something missing, and I can't quite put my finger on it. So this is essentially a very bad review because uh, it was all right. It was it was quite good. It just I wanted more and I didn't get more. Um, but I would check it out. Apparently, it's it's the fact he actually made it into a trilogy because. Um, he was low on money. He never intended to make it, make any sequels to the film, but I think he was low on money and the first one did really well. So he made a pusher two and a pusher three, which I will watch. And they might, you know, they might be better. They might be the same, uh, but I'll, I'll definitely check them out. I just, I think I was expecting a five-star movie and I, I didn't get it. So that's, that's my own fault going in with those expe expectations. Anyway, let's go to song number... Oh, five, song, song number five. So this is hard for me to pronounce because it is, but I found this on like one of those like Ibiza play, you know, like mixes. Um, I think um, and it, one of the amnesia mixes from from the uh, Ibiza nightclub. Um, so this is AFFKT and Alberto Solar. And the song is called Big cake big cake
Big Cake by Alberto Solar and Afkta. So I, th I think that's just like a DJ mix, uh, and that was one of the songs that was within the mix. But it's fucking well good. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's one of the, you, some people will love it. Some I remember playing that once. I was <laughs> I was like uh, in a bar cleaning up, and someone one of the one of my co-workers' boyfriend was like waiting for her to finish. So he he was like just waiting, and I put that on while I was cleaning, and he was like. What's this, mate? This is well good. And I was like, yeah, I'm the badass. I've, I've impressed my co-worker's boyfriend. Look at me. Uh, anyway, here's one for you. Which is a bit, this is a bit chauvinistic, but fuck it. <laughs> Girls, birds, women, whatever you want to call them, they always want to be irresistible. Girls want to be irresistible until you're fucking them. And I'll tell you what I mean. So with, in many, many, many parts of society all over the world, there's still uh, uh, something I don't, you know, this is, this is, you know, I suppose it's just the patriarchy or whatever you want to fucking call it. But men are, men are expected to be smart and interesting and women are expected to look good. You know, that's still prevalent in 2021, which, you know, is a shame, I guess. Uh, so I've got no problem with women wanting to look good because that's just what is expected of them and there's so much pressure and whatever not a problem with that fine, whatever people are allowed to make an effort to try and look attractive but girls all want to appear to be irresistible until you're fucking them until it's time for you to ejaculate to come I'll tell you what I mean when you're courting a lady you know they want you to think you are gorgeous you are irresistible you're the only one for me i just can't control how i feel about you blah 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 irresistible that's the word i'm gonna stick with they want to be irresistible especially you know not maybe not to the everyone in the room but when they find a guy they like they want the guy to think they are irresistible uncontrollably gorgeous but then when you have sex with them and you ejaculate too early they get fucking fuming and i know why it's because they're like you've finished before i can enjoy myself but the thing is if you want to be irresistible that also includes me not being able to control when i ejaculate and i'm not, I'm not talking about this from personal experience i'm just saying on the whole, of course, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? So it's basically, I want to be irresistible, I want to be irresistible, I want to be irresistible. Oh, well, now I'm having sex. Now I want you to think of me as very ugly and unattractive. So you don't come straight away. And you, you know, you hold it for as, as long as possible. It's like, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't flip that on me. If you're if you want to be irresistible here 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 and and I tell you that and that's how the deal is when we're having sex that's that's going to be the same oh came too early sorry it's because you're irresistible because you're so hot I couldn't stop it from happening do you know what I mean girls want to be irresistible until it's time to come and it's not fair we shouldn't men shouldn't be made to feel guilty about that 
because it's a, you know it's a fucking compliment. Anyway. <laughs> oh yay yay yay. Uh, all right, let's let's get out of here, sharpish. Uh, last song. I've got. A, I think all the songs on this one and have been quite long. I've got a funny feeling this will be a long episode, but fuck it. All right, this is the last song. So this is Gutter Twins, and the Gutter Twins are sort of a, a side project by two uh, very good singers, Mark Lanigan and Greg Dully. So Mark Lanigan's been on this show before on another song, another side project he did, actually. But now he's in another one called The Gutter Twins, who are Mark Lanigan and Greg Dully, uh, who are also in, in other bands in the 90s. You know, Mark Lanigan was in Screaming Trees. Greg Dully was in The Twilight Singers. You know, they're, they're, they're from good stock, but they, they formed a little side project called The Gutter Twins. And this is my favourite song from them. It's called Front Street. Gutter Twins, Front Street. Down in the mind there are 
life is shame and your hands are stained Walk in chains and change your name Go where you go and forget me now Take a minute to if it's all you got Chase your pain with a shot of rain Dip with a spade or a razor blade Come on, feel me now Gutter Twins, Front Street. Oh, the emotions are just flowing out of me. Flowing like a river. Oh, you know, sadness, kindness, love, hate, fear. Just everything is coming out after that song. It's fucking banger. Uh, anyway, that's the end of the show now. So I'll give you the plug of that week. Uh, this is a friend of mine who is multi-talented, very handsome, very cool. Very stylish, very friendly. Uh, so he, he, he does music, but I'll let you find that on your, on your own. CC Honeymoon. But what I will plug is his carpentry business. So I'll give you his Instagram as usual. It's Asher the Carpenter. All one word, no, no dots, no forward slashes, but I will spell it A-S-H-E-R-T-H-E-C-A-R. P-E-N-T-E-R, Asher the Carpenter. So he does carpentry in London. So if you need a if you need a fucking bookshelf or you need a bloody, I don't know, a drywall or you need a bloody coffee table, you need a um, a bureau. Is that is that a piece of furniture, a bureau? Yeah, it is, a bureau. Or you need a, you know, maybe not a filing cabinet because they need to be metal, don't they? Can you have a wooden filing cabinet? I don't know. Well, you know, whatever you need, and if it's made of wood, get in touch with my mate. He is the wood master. He respects wood. Do you respect wood? Do you respect wood? He respects wood, so check him out. And with that, I shall get out of here. I am going to enjoy my evening. Just not doing an awful lot, to be honest. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the COVID restriction level has gone from 1.5 to 2 in my city, so... Uh, you can't do so much, so I'm going to chill at home tonight, uh, annoyingly. Uh, I don't know what you'll do. Maybe you will... No, fuck it. I'm not going to do that this week. 
Uh, all right, see you later. Bye bye. <laughs>